On this episode of Ashes 613, I talk with Forsaken Heroes founder and frontman Casey Price about Star Wars, Stratocasters, and getting stranded in New Jersey. Stay tuned to find out how this small band Casey formed in high school went on to become a quadruple Dove-nominated band and why you don't want to miss a single moment of Forsaken Hero. Hi, how are you? Hello. Good, you? I'm Bella. I'm good. And you are Casey? Yes. Perfect. Okay, it's nice to meet you. And already, I'm super impressed, Casey, with all that you have going on there yeah. in the background. Yeah. I am an avid Star Wars and Marvel collector. All my Star Wars stuff is here, and my Marvel stuff is on this wall over here. It's fantastic. Can't really see it in you right now, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. I have some. Uh, I'm not necessarily a Star Wars collector, but I do have some action figures from when my older brothers were little. So some of like the original. I don't know. I guess that was the seven. 70s probably yeah if you have any from the original 77 series they can some of those are worth some money if you have any of those i i still have some somewhere in the pack in the packages because my oldest brother sean is real kind of um it's a nice word to say it persnickety yeah <laughs> even as a child was persnickety and so I gotcha. never opened his toys and still have a little price oh, yeah. i don't know why he doesn't have them I, if i come across them i need to probably return them yeah i mean but if they're in the package then you might be looking at some money right there yeah that's what i thought and i i remember thinking they just kind of got tossed around you know a girl sometimes will save stuff yeah don't even as a kid i was like well look at all these star wars toys that are still in the packages and so i just kind of put them in my dresser drawer and as i moved around and as an adult every time mm -hmm. i moved i just re package up those star wars toys and then my son has a lot from when he was little so i gotcha that's really cool i love that um yeah, i knew a guy in nashville named johnny Schweitzer. he was the sound um the audio engineer for smash mouth way back okay then. um and he was such a star wars fan and for his birthday one year smash mouth uh, arranged for him to meet now tell me who the guy is that wrote star wars george lucas george lucas they arranged for him to meet george lucas and have lunch and like go to oh, the show wow. and see all the stuff because he was just huge and he had a whole entire room in his house there in nashville completely dedicated he probably still does i mean he was around my age so he's he's probably still kicking it down there but yeah gotcha. <laughs> well that's funny that'd be that would be a dream come true to meet george lucas that'd be that's crazy. what he said that's when he was telling me that that's what he said and yeah. uh we lived next door to him for some years and uh so my son was a little at the time three or four huge smash mouth fan and so johnny would call up uh steve and let him talk to my son on the phone and my son oh gotcha now like, Steve, Steve's the one that just passed away yeah he, and then okay. you know he would send it he's got a couple birthday presents that Steve would send him and he would always write to my biggest little fan and so uh, that was kind of devastating to my son when he just oh, yeah I'm sure just, so yeah anyway so enough about Star Wars and Smash Mouth so <laughs> how was your day Ben uh good just just got back from doing some work just now just got uh, I, I work about an hour away from home so I just got home and kind of said hi to the wife and the dog and played with them a bit and then came up to the studio to start getting ready for this. So what kind of dog do you have? I have a Border Collie Australian Shepherd mix. So <gasps> he looks mostly like a Border Collie. He's black and white. 
I have a border collie, Brittany Spaniel. They call them border spaniels or Brittany okay. border spaniel. She's beautiful. She mostly looks like a border collie too. She's actually the Brittany Spaniel makes her a little prettier because she's got the shorter, pretty cocker spaniel ears, like the spaniel ears, and her okay. nose is a little shorter and she's freckled from the spaniel on her feet. But other than that, she looks like a so she's like okay. and people see her and they'll say that's the prettiest border collie i've ever seen and i have to tell them it she is because she has spaniel in her you know those spaniels are just beautiful dogs anyway yeah. but right so yeah i have a part border collie she is super smart is yours yeah oh he's super smart yeah yeah he, I he, bet. he caught on to all the all the training stuff really really fast like early on like i thought it was longer but then when i went back and watched videos it was like within days we had him doing set and doing tricks and stuff and right. and um and so those are both two very yeah, well, both those, even Australian Shepherds, those are two very, very mm -hmm. smart breeds of dogs. He's just, the, so. the big thing is just he's very active, which is because they're herding dogs. So he's right. got to get it exercise in because we live in an right. apartment and everything. So we're throwing a ball up the stairs, getting him to run up and down the stairs, trying to exercise him. Because if he doesn't, he starts getting like not aggressive, but he's really annoying if you don't get him tired out because he yeah. won't leave you alone. Right, right. Yes, I understand. I have a Dalmatian, so I Oh, okay. understand that yeah he's the same way he is annoying and he does get not aggressive to us but sometimes mm -hmm. aggressive to other people so oh, you gotcha. said you you had a special needs client so you are you in kentucky no i'm in virginia you're in virginia why did i mm -hmm. think yeah right on kentucky? the virginia tennessee border so like my client that i work with lives like he lives almost across, like he's like right at the edge of the Virginia border. So I'm like always in Virginia and Tennessee because I'm like right on that edge. So we right. live just, we were, we could just hop over to Tennessee anytime. That's fantastic. So how mm -hmm. far is it to like, say Gatlinburg? Uh, hour and a half. Perfect. It's one of my favorite places in the mm -hmm. United States. Uh, no yep. matter where I go, I'm just always like, I'd like to go back to Gatlinburg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, Gatlin, I was just talking about that today because one of my friends is just booked. They've been trying to book a stay at the Margaritaville at the island. I just got it booked today and they were all excited. That's where we always stay at the island. It's perfect because you can, it's like self-contained. And then if you want, you can take a trolley down into downtown Gatlinburg. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry about traffic. And it's, it's perfect. really inexpensive. You know, I think I went there with one of my special needs clients a couple of years ago. And when I got off work, I, I had a season pass to Dollywood. And I just, I think it was two bucks to take the trolley to Dollywood and back so, so I mean, no big yeah. deal at all i'll tell you a little story about that though if and some people may know i did not know we took mm -hmm. the trial into gatlinburg and as we were coming back um you know it stops right there at the island at pigeon forge and lets people mm -hmm. off and i thought well i'm just gonna we're just gonna ride up a little bit you know we weren't in any hurry and let's just see the rest of like severeville or whatever and let's just see what's going on mm -hmm. oh it rides up this way for an hour or an hour and a half and starts goes into i don't know where but it starts picking up like just random people that live there and taking them to like walmart and Publix or wherever they need to go oh really is this like the and, green and brown buses yes it's like okay. the like the tourist trolleys right and well, i guess it's just, i guess it's it's horse trolley but i guess within that i guess it's just main public like public transportation the vision board it becomes public transportation and then you're stuck on it until it goes all the way to the end, wherever it goes. 
And then mm-hmm. it comes all the way back. And then, so we were stuck on this trolley for like two hours and my kids were so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, we, we, had, we had a similar incident happen in New York City. We stay, we're going next week. So I always try to remind myself about it. We stay at the very edge of New Jersey. We stay, the hotel, once you leave it, the parking lot is entering into the Lincoln Tunnel. So it's like going right into New York City. So like there's this bus service that the hotel and a bunch of other hotels have. It's a New Jersey public service, but it's not like the big buses. It's like little, little transits, like I guess 30 passengers at most maybe. And they, um, it's like three bucks. So we're like, heck yeah. So that's why we always stay at that hotel because they drop you right off at Times Square. But when we came back the first time, they didn't tell us because there's a giant median in the road at our hotel that they won't, they were all of the people there were Oriental. They didn't speak a whole lot of English. So they didn't really like give you a lot of directions just because most people riding are locals. And like on the way back in, they did not tell us that they can't drop off at our hotel. They have to drop us at this gas station up the street and we have to walk down walk across a bridge and then walk down the street. And so we just keep going and we're like, well, there's the hotel. And like, well, I was like, well, maybe I have to loop around. And then we sat there for about 20 minutes as it just kept going deeper into New Jersey. And I finally asked the guy, I said, are you going to go back that way to the hotel? And he's like, no, you were supposed to get off at this gas station. And I'm like, what do I do? He's like, I'm going to be going to the other side of New Jersey basically and stopping for the night. You're going to have to get off at this bus stop and try and find another bus. So at the next stop, we stopped and we waited about 15 minutes, but this is it. 11 o'clock at night in New Jersey in the, you know, pitch black under a little street lamp. And we waited about maybe five, 10 minutes. And I finally said, we're just going to have to bite the bullet and pay for an Uber. And it wasn't bad. It was maybe 20 bucks to get an Uber. I mean, but as opposed to $3 for the bus, that was annoying, but I didn't want to stand on that street corner any longer. Cause it was, I felt, I just started watching the Sopranos like a week before. <laughs> so I was really nervous about mob activity in New Jersey and stuff. Right. So it was pretty wild. So what are you going to New York for next week? I know you see um, uh, our anniversary is September 19th. This will be our third wedding anniversary. And so we we just go up every okay. we go different places every year. Last year, we went to Niagara Falls and then New York City for the first time. And then we okay. went to New York City at Christmas time, too. So this will be our third time in New York City. But the main reason we go is Broadway plays and stuff is we're really in the theater. Oh, and we'll yeah. be. Yeah, I- I would love to live in the city. I have a friend from Lexington that just moved to the city and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so happy for her, but I'm a little jealous too. And she yeah. posted pictures. She said, well, I'm home. I mean, New York has my heart. This is where I was meant to be. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. so awesome. But I thought maybe you're going for something um, like music for and hero related. So it's just personal. I'm sorry. I wouldn't ask yeah. you about your personal no, life. That's fine. Just, that's fine. Uh, tell us about, you are one of how many members are there in your band Forsaken Hero? Uh, there are, I always have to count it because I'm dumb like that. I think it's five. Yeah, there's five of us, five in the band officially. Uh, yeah. My sister and I are the band, like the main band. And there's these three brothers that play with us, David, Marcus, and Matthew. And oh, they, okay. as we had different band members throughout the years, like we got a drummer, we got David, who's our drummer. He became our drummer. And then as one of our guitar players left, his brother became our guitarist. And then as our bass player left, their other brother became our bass player, piano player. So um, they were always just originally supposed to be the road band because we would go to Nashville, just me and Emily and track with a producer and stuff. And um, then eventually they've just started playing with us for so many years now that we started allowing them to write more with us. And so this new album that we put out, like they actually tracked a lot on it. And um and like Matthew, our bass player, piano player, 
he because see i produce i produced most of this album but he produced the song never gonna stop because he's started a studio out of his house and started producing so that was really cool because we like bounced back and forth because you know the three of them lived together so they were working on their ideas together and sending it back and forth and so that's kind of how we collaborated together on the album and never really even though we don't live far apart or anything we were never even in the same room while we were recording the album most of the times yeah that's really cool i think i was just talking to somebody else about how almost everything is done with computers even the mm -hmm. podcast ship it over to editing gets shipped back yep. to me it's just everything is just kind of done online nowadays but yeah. what what when did you start this band for second year? um i started the band in 2011 when i was in high school so it's been it's been a while <laughs> so we been. I was a high school project and then my sister joined as she got a little bit older because she's about four years younger than me so at that time she was like 12 and so we just <laughs> you know it seems weird now because we're you know I'm almost getting close to 30 and she's in her mid-20s but we've right. been doing this since we were kids pretty much right our mom was a singer our mom sings in churches and stuff and so that's kind of where we we were singing from an early age and just kind of always knew that music was going to somehow be part of our lives so yeah, right. so we've been doing it for that long. This current lineup has only been together since like 2018, like with the three brothers playing with us, 2018. And that was when we kind of shifted because we used to be kind of more of a heavier rock band, kind of more like a skillet type band. Yeah. And then uh, in 2018, I had wrote a Christmas song and I went to Nashville and worked with one of the members of Disciple and he produced mm -hmm. it. And I said, I was like, I was like, it can have some of our rock roots, but I really want this Christmas song to have like a CCM Christian contemporary vibe. And that was the first song we sent to radio and then it hit the billboard charts. So I was like, okay, I think this is the lane we need to be in. So it's like our music is kind of Christian contemporary, but it also still has like pop rock elements. It's got a lot of synth and things in it now. So we're kind of more like a pop rock Christian contemporary band. Right. And yeah. And I love all of it, the early stuff and the later stuff. And is that Christmas song that wouldn't be born in Bethlehem, would it? Yes. It's born in Bethlehem. Is that, yes. I love that song. I love Thank that you. song. That's a really good one. Did you you wrote that? Yes. Do yeah, I do... wrote it for a uh, a church thing that I was doing for a Methodist church. They were wanting me to play a Christmas song, and I was like, "Well, I kind of have this idea about a Christmas song that I'm kind of trying to write." So then that kind of like pushed me to write write it, and then it got a, like a lot of good reception, even just playing it. And I was like, "Well, this might be something." And then, like right. two years later, took it and recorded it. And I was already playing it for maybe one or two years before I actually tracked it and in Nashville. Right. Do you, do you think that's, is that good to play songs that long before you track them? Do you become really good at them then that way? Or do um, you find that it's. I, I wouldn't do it that way now. That was how I did it then when it was just when we were working with other people. And that was, that was our first time going to a professional producer in Nashville and doing that now, since then I've learned from him and other professional producers and I built my own studio. So the second I have an idea, I'm putting it on the computer, I'm working on it. So like this new album that we did, I produced 80% of it other than the song I was talking about that the other guy did. And then the Reliable song with Neon Feather, he produced that one. Um, okay. So when I have a song idea, like it's more crafted in the studio first now than played okay. out. I would okay. Now I would never play out a song until it's like, it doesn't have to be released, but it has to at least been finished in the studio enough that like, this is the structure of the song. I, I don't think gotcha. it's a bad thing to do it that way, to find the song that way. It's just that's how I was then, and I'm in a different place in in my musical right. journey now. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we grow and learn, and there's always a learning curve 
with anything, not just music with everything you do, there's just a learning curve. And then you kind of right. wind your way around that. But do you write most of the, are you the main songwriter? Yes, I am the main songwriter for most of everything. My sister writes some of the lyrics for some of the songs, or she might help me tweak lyrics. Sometimes my dad gives me input on songs and helps. Um, there are, I can't think of if any of the songs on this album were done, but like our song Drop Your Chains, that was co-written by DJ Lesimbi of the band We Are Called. And he co-wrote our the other Christmas song, My Favorite Time of Year. We co-wrote that one together. And okay. um, we're we're on the record label that he now owns, uh, Tone Crash Records. And so he's kind of one of my writing partners on stuff. And we're talking about doing some stuff in the future soon. Um, so most songs are written, especially lyric wise, most songs are me and then my sister some. Uh, musically, structure wise, mostly me. But now the other guys are getting more involved in in writing the music with us. Gotcha. So what's it like to... Um to to be on the road and and play shows like what's that like i mean um for, the, it's for a lot those of, of us for those of us that don't get to do it <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i mean we don't like right now where we've been so busy with the album we didn't do a lot of playing out like we normally would normally we'd be going to like indiana and wisconsin and places like that so this year we didn't do a lot of that because we were so busy working on the album but um when we do it it's really fun and i've went out and toured with other bands and everything and and it's uh it, it is it when I was a kid, I didn't get it when people say it was like hard to be away from your family and stuff. But then once I got married and everything, if my wife wasn't yeah. with me, it was really weird. Um, so yeah. she's like our sound person now and stuff. So it's really it's really nice having her with us Good. and yeah. um, having her on the road. Um, but I mean, I, I love it. There's there's lots of things to love about it. Um, right. I love to travel just in general, even when it's not playing music. That's that's what I love to do is travel and see the world and things like that. So some I've heard some musicians prefer to make albums and some prefer to tour. What, what do you prefer? You prefer touring? I think if you had asked me five years ago, I would have still been like, yes, I prefer touring. I prefer that. But now that I work on my own music and I produce other artists, I'm getting to where that's more the thing that I think I like. I like being able to just sit at home and make music. And then when I'm done, you know, turn it off and go downstairs and, watch a movie with my wife, hang out with my dog, that kind of thing. Whereas like when you're on the road, it's music, music, music. And it's like, right. you feel like almost like you're having to find times to get away from the music. Right. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things. It's, I still like touring. And if, now don't get me wrong, if a big band like Skillet or somebody was like, Hey, come out on tour with us. Like I would do it in a heartbeat. It's just, I, there are things that I, one of the big things was I got to see a lot of cool places on my first big tour across yeah. the country but then I instantly wanted to go back because I felt like I really didn't get to see them I was there but it was I was busy playing music you know yeah and like I hear a lot yeah. of people say that like they feel like like a lot of people who are on winter jam they say yeah I'm in this cool city every night but it feels like I'm doing the exact same thing every night because we're in an arena every single night doing the exact same thing it feels like you're like in Groundhog Day or something it's the same day over and over again doesn't Morgan Wallen have a, a line in one of his songs that says something I can't remember exact, but the words is seeing the world ain't the same as seeing the world through the window of this bus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know something if like that. that. I don't, yeah, I don't really listen in, to Morgan Wallen. <laughs> it's in one of but, his uh, songs. I just remember yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I have a friend that's one of his, I think sound techs right now, a guy that used to work with new song and then worked on yeah. the drive-in tours with, I think Toby Mac, he's working with Morgan Wallen right now. So my sister's been talking a lot about Morgan Wallen, but I don't really listen to a lot of that. 
well, not really much for country guy. I'm a big Morgan Wallum person. So that's a line in one of those songs. So I don't know verbatim, but I mean, I listen to all I got music, you. country, Christian. Yeah. I'll listen to rock and rap. It doesn't I matter. But um, yeah, but that's awesome. But yeah, I think you're right that that's, you know, we just assume that these bands are touring the world and touring the country. And like, I'm so jealous you're getting to see all these places, but they don't get to see all these places. They go to these cities, they go to these arenas, they go to the next city, go mm-hmm. to the arena. So that, that may get a little old. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're like big, big, like Taylor Swift or somebody, you probably have everyone working under you to do everything and you can go do whatever you want and then just show up at showtime. But when you're in a smaller band, you're you're over everything. So you've got to be there early in the morning setting up and making sure your equipment's working properly and all that. So you don't have a lot of free time when you're on the road. Got to be your own stagehand. Dang it. Yeah. (laughs) So, um. I had something I was going to say, but I can't remember what it was now. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to tag skillet and see if I can get you on tour with them. I'm fearless. You know, I am. I don't have, yeah. I'll just, I'll just reach. I'll send them a message. <laughs> I got yeah. We, <laughs> uh, say, yeah. We hey, love some really great guys. Yeah. Yeah. They I were my favorite skillet. band growing up. I got, we got to do life fest with them last year in Wisconsin and, and in, uh, in 2021, when, the drive-in tours happened during COVID when they couldn't go into arenas. They uh, skillet. I was already working with the drive-in tours with Zach Williams and different people like that and mm-hmm. Big Daddy Weave. And uh, yeah. Skillet announced that they had signed a contract with that company. So I talked that company. And then the drive-in in my town, I was like getting back and forth with them. I was like, hey, we uh, we got to make this happen. We got to we got to get Skillet here. And, um, and it, it ended up working out and I got to work with Skillet, be their driver for the day and everything. Cause that's what they do when you have awesome. a, you know, they have a runner for the concert and they try to hire somebody that's relatively into the music industry. So they're not mm-hmm. going to like freak out and fangirl all over them and stuff. And so I just, <laughs> I understood my job is to drive them from point A to point B back and forth from hotels to their buses and stuff. Okay. And, well, I'm um, out. Cause I would just fangirl all over the place. We can't hire somebody that's just going to be like freaking out the whole time. Like even like Mac Powell of third day, I got to drive him to the airport after a show during the drive-in tours. So he was in my car for like 30, 40 minutes. We just got to chat and talk about music and stuff. So it was a, it was a really that's cool experience. Awesome. And especially that one, cause Skillet was my yeah. favorite band growing up. And yeah. I grew up just a couple hundred feet from the drive-in in my town. And it was like, suddenly they were in my backyard. And then in the next day, they were about an hour away in another part of Virginia. And I got to work that one too. And they had taken Jen Ledger's drum heads off of her drums and replaced them with new ones. And they had all autographed one of the drum heads. And I, and I, I bought it at the end of the night. Cause I was like, this is the drum head she played in my town. Like, that I mean, because I, I live in a little small town, like it's right. not a town that you think Skillet or any like Toby Mac, like all of them came to my town on this drive in tour because I was able yeah. to get it. And I, I did a podcast last week and I talked about it, but I wasn't um, it wasn't a video podcast. So if right. I can figure out how to flip my camera here, I can actually show you it because I didn't get to show it on the other broadcast when I did backstage with Mothership. But oh, there it is. That's awesome. So that's I love like, that. <laughs> All their different signatures. And I got see Tate Olson, their cello player. I know him. He played on one of our songs. And me and him have hung out at a couple different times. So I asked him to sign because normally he wouldn't sign it since he's just like an extra band member. But I had him sign it. But it says the Skillet Drive-In Tour 2021 and stuff like that. And then that's I played with a band for a rock band for a little while. And they played at the Grizzly Awards, which is like the Dove Awards of Christian heavy rock music and stuff. 
And right. so some of the different accolades there. Sorry. That's awesome. Thank you get so much. I just got thinking I, about it because I was like, well, I was like, I didn't get to show it on the yeah. live. We talked about it, but I didn't get to show it. So at least I got to yeah. show it this time. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm up here in northeastern Iowa, about Iowa. an hour, maybe 45 minutes from Wisconsin. Um, okay. Prairie du Chien, so northern Wisconsin. So, like, if I run into John Cooper, I'm put, I'm, we're going to get you on that okay. tour. Yeah, they still, they still <laughs> live there. And see, we know, um, we know their former drummer, Lori Peters, the one that played, she played on their Comatose album, which is still my favorite album. Mm -hmm. I know her very well, and she played on our Quarantine Tapes album for us. She did drums on one song. Because Quarantine Tapes, when we did that album, it was um, it was during the pandemic, and I had this idea. I was like, why don't we start? Because like what we were talking about earlier, like technology has advanced to where I could literally message someone in Texas and Wisconsin, et cetera, et cetera, and we could work on songs together and bounce tracks back and forth, and it sounds like we're actually playing together by the end of it. And so that's what right. we did, and one of the songs um, – uh, one of the songs Lori Peters and her husband played on it. She played drums and he played piano and he helped kind of, he co-produced it with me. And uh, I think he, yeah, he actually mixed that song too. So, um, so we got to know Lori Peters that way. And then she was playing with the band at Life Fest when we played with Skillet and for King and Country and all them last year. So we actually got yeah. to finally meet in person and hang out. And then like, I was doing a guitar solo and I like looked up and she was like standing in front of me, filming me with her phone. And I was like, the former drummer of my favorite band growing up is filming me playing guitar right now. And I, my brain, like I almost started messing up. Cause I was like, my brain is about to explode. Right, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, God opens doors and, and we're all just kind of in this together. We're all children of God, you know? And so yeah, exactly. we're going to spend, we're going to spend eternity together. It doesn't, you know, one day you're going to be with him forever, but for King and country, I messaged him and asked him to be on the podcast. And he said, not right now. We're super busy. We got this and this going on, but ask us again later. And I said, oh, don't worry. I will. And he yeah. said, LOL, I can tell already that you will. And I look forward to it. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, was, I didn't get it. I didn't, look, I didn't get a yes, but that was not a no. And I got a laugh. So we're going to keep. Yeah, <laughs> definitely wasn't a no. <laughs> yeah, they, right, they're, it wasn't they're a cool no. guys, but they're, they're very, very busy with all this stuff because they're constantly touring. And then now they're making movies and stuff. So they're just yeah. always busy. I am, but you know, I'm just fearless like that. I'm like, well, I mean, all you can do is tell me, no, I'm just going to ask. Right. Let me yeah, think. For sure. I don't know any better. Maybe it's because I'm just a little Kentucky girl and I just don't know any better. So I'll just be like, mm -hmm. Hey, Steven Tyler, want to come be on my podcast? I don't know. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> so you're originally from Kentucky. Yeah. I'm from Eastern Kentucky. So, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So like what area? Because we, I just ask because we've done stuff. We've done stuff in Kentucky before. Um, kind of like a little bit west of Ashland, Kentucky. Okay. Do you know where that's at? Like there on that West Virginia that's border, right? Yeah. Ohio okay. See, that's like was where we're in Virginia. Like I'm in the 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 tip of Virginia, so I'm like, I can be in West Virginia in 30 minutes. I can be in Tennessee. I can be in Kentucky. I can be in North Carolina, all within a 30 minute period because I'm right in that middle. So right. like we we played with Striper in Hazard, Kentucky. Uh yeah, done Petra in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville or something like that. L Louisville. If you're Louisville, from Kentucky, yeah. say Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. Yeah. Well, that's what I yeah. was, when I when I went to Richmond the other day, somebody was saying Appalachian Mountains, and I'm like, it's the Appalachian Mountains, thank you. Right. That's where I'm from. That's the other side. Louisville's clear on the other side. Speaking gotcha. of Petra. You know, we had their opening act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not a shame. 
not ashamed. Right. Yeah. And now you guys are on. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. We got to know them pretty cool. Cause they're kind of like over the Petra show. So like not ashamed was the ones that like, cause I'm friends, I'm friends with the keyboard player of Petra. He produced our mm -hmm. early music. Like he mastered it and stuff for us when we were first starting mm -hmm. out. John Lowry, their keyboard player. And uh, yeah. so he gave me backstage passes to a show in Tennessee a couple weeks ago. And so like the lead singer of Not Ashamed was the one over that and making sure I had my backstage passes. And then me and him have discussed possibly doing some stuff with Petra next year. So I've been talking to the Not Ashamed guys a lot recently. They're pretty cool. Be, yeah, they were really super, super nice. That was a, a good episode. And he said, I said, so if, if I mosey down, because they're getting ready to do Paducah, maybe Louisville again, Louisville and Paducah or Paducah and Bowling Green. They're getting ready to do a couple mm -hmm. shows here in September in Kentucky. And oh, okay. uh, I was like, so if I just mosey down, he said, mosey on down, we'll get you some backstage passes and get you in. Oh yeah. I'm they're like, really, what? they're really like back and chill about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so. because They ended up booking a Knoxville, Tennessee show and I'm not available because I'll be DJing a wedding that day. But uh, my dad and then our bandmates, their dad, they're going to go and I got them backstage passes and stuff for it too. Good. Uh, that's so really, I, I grew up listening to Petra. So, you know, oh, I mean, I cut my teeth on Petra cause it was my dad's favorite right. band. And then my right. bandmates, it's their dad's favorite band. And he actually had a guitar made by Bob Hartman, the guitar player, and he brought it to have them sign. And then at the end of the night, I went backstage and asked Bob for the guitar pick he played with that night. And he gave it to me and I got to give it to him so he could put the Bob Hartman signature Petra pick on his guitar. So it was cool. That is actually awesome. So he has a guitar made by Bob Hartman. Tell me about that. Bob Hartman makes guitars. I don't know if he still does, but I know like maybe like five or 10 years ago, he made guitars for a while because it's kind of uh, it's kind of like a Stratocaster type guitar body. It's a light blue guitar, but he um, he even played one of his signature guitars at the show. Um, so I guess he still makes them at least for himself. I don't know if he still sells them or not, but um, hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know to the extent whether or not he actually like made made them like built the wood and everything or if he got different pieces and put different stuff together kind of like how right. van halen made the frankenstein guitar it could be like that could be different right. kits that he put together he's like right. i like this body but i like these pickups this sort of thing i really don't mm -hmm. know i didn't know we, we chatted about guitars and stuff but we didn't talk about that to that extent yeah. that's i can't imagine building a guitar but i can't i'm not creative or handy like that it would be cool and, i'm sure it's hard to do i kind of looked into it one time with a friend who was a luthier and it kind of i bought some parts but it just never really happened but there's a lot that goes into it and apparently once you build it you can't even play it for a while because it has to sit and cure for like a really long time or something it just sounded like oh. more work than i was willing to put into it <laughs> uh, and more more money so i was like i just i'll just buy a guitar i don't need to i don't want to build one that bad what's your favorite kind of guitar um so the funny thing is is I was really into like Stratocasters and Les Pauls and PRSs and things like that. But um, I always thought Telecasters were like too country when I would see people play them. And I was like, oh, these are country guitars. Rock people don't play these. And we were playing right. uh, Kingdom, we were playing Kingdom Come Fest in Indiana. And we went up to Sweetwater because like I buy all my stuff from Sweetwater. So we wanted to see the facility. It's like the Disneyland of and Disney World of guitars and music, music places because it's just so giant. And it's the first music. I'm a, I'm a left-handed guitar player, so I play guitar oh, okay. a little bit different. Like everybody plays this way, I play that way. And um, so it's the first place I've ever been where they had multiple options of left-handed guitars. And I picked up a Telecaster and played it just for the heck of it because it was the first left-handed one I saw. And just it felt so amazing in my hand. I was like, oh, my Lord, this is the best thing I've ever felt. And it sounded <laughs> right. good, too. I'm like, well, this doesn't sound twangy or country at all. What in the world have I been thinking all these years? And right. uh 
Carrie, my my now wife, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my at the time at that time she was my girlfriend, but was about to be my fiance. She didn't know that yet, but I'd already had the ring okay. and stuff. But oh. <laughs> so anyway, I'm very ADHD when I tell a story. I have to keep every no, layer. Of it's it. good. I but, like the um, little rabbit trails. I like those. Yeah. That's but, good. Um, yeah. But so she saw how much I liked it. And so that year she got me a telecaster from Sweetwater for Christmas. And uh it's I play it. It's the only guitar I play live anymore. Like all my other guitars are just in the okay. corner collecting dust, sadly, because I right. just love it so much. I'm like, I like I don't need to play anything else. I just love this. Right. Um, so how about do you have it there? Uh it is downstairs. It's not in my studio oh. right now. I was hoping you yeah. would place a song on it. I mean, I can just, it's on my acoustic guitar would be what I'd be playing a song on. If you oh. want to play a song. Yes, I would love you to play a song. What kind of yeah. guitar, what is your acoustic uh, guitar? The acoustic is a Takamini. It's the, oh. it's what I call the poor man's Taylor. Cause like Taylor guitars are like 12 to $1,500. This is like a four to $500 guitar. But when you put it in a sound system, it has a, it has its own little EQ and stuff on it. So you can make it sound kind of bright like a Taylor, but yeah. Yeah. I have uh, I have one of each. I have the Takamimi. I have a Taylor. It's my favorite. I'm a Taylor girl. Actually, I'm a actually I'm a Gibson girl. I can't really afford the you. Gibson. I can't afford the Gibson I want, but <laughs> I think like that. <laughs> that's how it goes. So I settled for the Taylor. But a long, long time ago, Taylor made all their guitars here in America. They don't now. I think lots oh. of them, the cheaper ones are made in Mexico, which is fine, but mm -hmm. they used to be really handmade. I think it's in out in California. And mm -hmm. uh, so I still have one of those from a long, before they got, look, I think my, my kid was like four. So 20 years ago, before they got mm -hmm. terribly expensive, they were still expensive. I think I paid six, maybe 600. Oh, but okay. it's yeah, probably, now, it's like, now it would be like 2000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah. But I liked, I actually set out to buy a Martin at that time. Didn't know much about guitars. I was younger. And at the music store at the mall in Macon, Georgia, he said, I was playing Martins. And he said, you ever heard of Taylor? And I said, no. And he said, I'd never even heard of Taylor. And he said, well, Taylor guitar, I think has a better sound. Let me get you one. He had, yeah. He handed me this Taylor and I strummed it once. I was in love. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm getting. And it just uh, has a you, better feel to it. There's just something clunky about a Martin that just, yeah, it's good yeah. for what it is, like for bluegrass and for country music and stuff. But it just, I've never played right. a Martin that I'm like, yes, I would love to have this. Right. Yeah, me either. And I'm not Dog and Martin. They're fantastic guitars. But I just, because I'm more acoustic folksy kind of singer, mm -hmm. uh, Taylor just has a better feel and sound for me. So, all right, well, what are you going to play for us? I'm going to put you on full screen here. So I'm going to give you center stage. Okay. And you can tell us, tell us uh, what you're gonna play, and and if you wrote it, and a little backstory to it. Yeah, um, this song here is called Reason. It's um, when we were doing the album, we already had nine songs finished for the album, and this song right here wasn't originally a, a plan of it. It was just a demo that I had done a couple of years ago. And one of the songs we were working on really wasn't working out. So I was like, well, maybe I could do something else. And I found this song. And the funny thing is it was originally written to be like an acoustic kind of chill song. And it sounds like that when I played on an acoustic, but once we started working on it, it became more of like a big band song. It has, it had, the big thing is it's got guitars and big drums, a lot of toms and it's, 
and it's got trombones and trumpets on it. And so my wife played trombone on it. And then one of my former special needs clients, his sister, who's in high school band right now, she came and I surprised her and let her play trombone on the song as well. So it's a real big band song when you listen on the record, but it still, to me, sounds really good as an acoustic song. So it's not like one of the singles off the album or anything, but it might be like one of my favorite songs I wrote for the album, just because it wasn't originally part of the plan. It just kind of happened last minute. So that's what I'll be playing live called Reason. the next year for forsaken hero what is your rest of 2023 and and into your 2024 what do we have to look forward to 
Um, so, well, so the big thing for us was putting out a full 10 song album because over the last couple of years, we had just done a five song EP, a five song EP here and there. And so we worked really hard to do that. So that's we put that out in May and we're just really promoting that a lot right now and getting those songs out there. And we have one of them on radio right now. And um, we'll be playing some camps this year. That's about all we're really doing live wise. We're, or we just did our album release party two weeks ago. So that was our big local show that we did. So we'll be playing like a camp in Alabama and stuff in a couple months. And uh, so not doing a whole lot of live stuff right now, but hopefully we'll do more stuff in the coming year. And um, and we've had some ideas for a project where we might in a year or two go into like a cabin for a week and just bring all of our recording equipment and and just turn off our phones and just write and record songs across a week and then send them off to a professional mix artist to mix and master. So that's an idea we've been having to like just go to a cabin out in the woods, seclude ourselves from the world and just kind of come together as a band. Since that's something we don't since we normally do it the other way where we're separated, yes. creating music, like get in a room together, write and record kind of like what the Beatles did with the with the thing that they did years ago, but they came out where Disney Plus did that documentary of it. That's what kind of right. kind of sparked the idea. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. But like yeah. they left each night, but like we would like stay in a cabin and just live there for a week or two and just write an EP. So that's kind of an idea that we've been toying around with and just seeing when we're figuring out when we have the time to do something like that. I think it sounds great. Could in and bloodshed, could in and brilliance. You know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if it doesn't work out, you know, we had a fun time. I mean, we're all, I mean, we can get in fights and stuff, but we're all right. very good friends. Like yeah. we go on all of our bandmates. We go on non-music related trips all the time. We did a, we toured, oh, that's really we literally cool. did a tour of the country without playing music. We just went and went to Colorado and the Grand Canyon and Arizona and all kinds of different stuff and just drove around the country just because we're all just, we, we, we consider ourselves like a family band now. We're all just best friends. And, well, um, I think so that comes through in your music when you do stuff like that and you're close mm -hmm. and you're bonded and you like each other. I think people can feel that in your music and feel that definitely on stage, like a stage presence. Like I think oh, yeah, that makes sure. it better. Yeah. So when you did your yeah. big album release party, what was, did somebody do, was somebody your opening act? Did yeah. Somebody Aaron, do Justice. Aaron Justice. Aaron Justice opened for us. He's That's an artist I that thought. I produced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I produce him. Yeah, I really mm -hmm. liked him. He was uh, with that acoustic guitar. Really, So you mm -hmm. produce him. Yeah, his two songs that are out right now, the Picking Up the Pieces and Whatever You're Doing, I produce both I those songs. Mm -hmm. Okay, Casey, well, I appreciate, I know that you're super busy. Everybody's busy and your wife is downstairs waiting on you and you gave me an hour of your night. And I appreciate that <laughs> so, so I really do. I really, I'm so humble at, at everybody's willingness to, help get this podcast launch and do what you know i we got ten thousand views in five days on that first video so i just took oh, wow. that as awesome. yeah i was like this is just confirmation that i know i'm doing what god has asked me to do and step out in faith and had no idea what i'm doing still don't just don't have any idea but it's going better than i could have ever imagined and i'm really super humble but it's good to know that you're doing what god has asked you to do you know mm -hmm. and that exactly. I, and i hope that um I really, my prayer is not for me. My prayer is that every one of these podcasts reaches the people that they're supposed to reach and that people get blessed or get encouraged or get the information they need. And also my prayer is for the artists. I really mean this when I say it and God knows I do. I hope you get a million views. I hope you go viral. And I hope this just ch changes your whole entire life. Sure. I mean that, right? 
So, Amen. well, let's just, let's just wait and see what God's doing, you know? So, all right. Well, thank you so much. And I have enjoyed the last hour. You are incredible. Your, your band is incredible. First off, I just oh, love, so I've been listening the last few days, it had it kind of on repeat on my YouTube and it was just amazing. And we will put all your information in the podcast okay. description. We will link how to people can buy your newest album and all your EPs. You send me all that, whatever you want to be listed there. And that's what we'll do. Okay. Okay. All right. So Sounds pe- great. People know how to find you. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me.